You're tuned into the Coin Gamma Podcast, and I'm your host, Fritz Charles. This podcast is about the emerging blockchain and cryptocurrency space. We explore topics that discuss how this emerging technology impacts the world economically, politically, and socially. Every episode is jam-packed with the knowledge you need to know how to leverage this new industry. Whether you want to launch a career in it or you want to become a better investor, this is the place to be. Visit us on CoinGamma.com to sign up for our newsletter. We share all the top blockchain news that you need to know. If you're new to the blockchain, we will walk you through everything you need to know in order to become an expert. Sign up for our webinars where we break down a blockchain-related topic in depth. Again, that's CoinGamma.com. You are about to bear witness, my friend. Hey everyone, welcome to the CoinGamma podcast. Uh, where we like to break break down some of the biggest stories in the blockchain and crypto space and the people behind some of the biggest projects. So to that end, we're very happy to have Raki Miller, the CEO CEO and co-founder of Bitsian. Uh, Bitsian is a tool that allows you to uh, analyze prices and trade across multiple crypto exchanges. Uh, for those who have traded in crypto, you know that you know it's. You may not always get this access you need from one exchange, so it's very important to kind of have accounts on multiple exchanges. Um, but we'll we'll go into why that is and and how uh, BitCN helps figure that out. But Racky, thank you so much for appearing on the podcast today. Thank uh, you for having me, Fritz. Sure, sure. Please, please, uh, you know. Uh, fill us in on your background. Uh, let us know what you've been, what you did before getting into crypto, and then we'll we'll get into your current project. Yeah, great. No, thanks for having me again. Uh, such a pleasure. Uh, we met a couple of months ago, and uh, it's great to be on your podcast. Um, so yeah, my background is uh, primarily capital markets. Um, I have been in uh, the traditional capital markets for over twenty years. I started off. Uh, uh, um, as a um, software consultant, actually out of Hong Kong, where where I grew up, okay. and um, uh, was working with uh, was working with Goldman Sachs uh, as a um, you know as a soft on the software side, and they were uh, one of our clients, uh, and then eventually made the move uh, and joined them. Um, you know, in 2001, in 2001 uh, and uh, moved to New York. Uh, this was, you know, right after 9-11. So oh there was, yeah, it was, uh, it was a really, um, you know, it was actually, I mean, it's surreal, really. So it was obviously exciting to move to New York, but it was, you know, at the same time, just devastating with what was going on. And um, so, yeah, I vividly remember those couple of months uh, in, in before my move and then after, uh, so yeah, when I came to New York, it was you know obviously very depressed at that stage. Um, and was people, that your first time in New York, or was that like have you traveled to New York before that time? I had so for my interview, I traveled to New York to meet with them, okay. and uh, that was before. Okay. So you know, I the I, I don't know if you know where Goldman's offices used to be, right on 85 Broad. And so when you take the cab, you pass the World Trade Centers, you know. So that was right. the first time I saw it. And, you know, then I come here to work and they were gone. So it was, uh, Unbelievable. Um, yeah, I mean, so, you know, that was my my journey into New York. Uh, but it's been home ever since. I, I, I stayed at uh, 
at Goldman for uh, about 11 years and then moved, uh, uh, you know, after having my daughter, uh, my, who's now eight, uh, I moved to, um, to Macquarie to okay. run uh, their, uh, their futures um, product development side. So I've primarily been like uh, derivatives uh, and prime brokerage, um, a lot of trading systems and, uh, and middle and back office systems and, and uh, kind of building out our institutional presence. So my journey, you know, kind of uh, really was around creating a digital experience for customers of, of our you know of ours sure. and moving from a lot of paper-based uh, type of uh, interactions to more of a digital interaction and and you know helping build out um, that that infrastructure so oh, um, so that's been my my background uh, and you know now now I'm here in, in crypto yeah to dig in just uh, before we get into that just to dig into your background a bit the, um, so I used to trade equity swaps at Barclays and Lehman. And so a big component of that was uh, equity, stock loan. And a lot mm -hmm. of that was with prime brokerage and futures and, and the creation of futures and redemptions and stuff like that. Did you touch some of that stuff too when it came to like equity? Yeah, so uh, at Goldman, I was, uh, I was I mean, I'd, I still consider myself primarily a futures person. Sure. Um, that's That's been uh, probably the longest stint in my career. And I've, I've worked in various parts of the businesses on, on derivatives trading uh, and, and settlement and clearing. So I'd say that is kind of uh, a, a lot of my career has been touched, you know, touching on, on that um, so you know we saw the 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 coming of single stock futures and all these you know these other type of derivative instruments uh, and then at Morgan Stanley I was actually working uh, on the equity swap side um, and you know prime brokerage is is a very interesting business I think it went through ebbs and flows while I was at Goldman um, you know as as interest rates fall and drop you know all these businesses go from being really big PL generators to uh, to becoming a bit of cost centers you know so it, it really um, yeah and I think in my 20 years in and in, in uh, Wall Street uh, pretty much saw all departments our, our divisions were moved all over the place and you know i think uh uh it's it's definitely a very very dynamic environment definitely everything moves in cycles um awesome so you know obviously you've been doing that i guess when did you come across crypto during that path and and what made you want to pursue it full-time yeah so i had been following blockchain um primarily bitcoin uh you know from the early days uh, kind of a bit of a geek myself. I've always kind of been. So I read the white paper, thought the, you know, the idea was fascinating uh, that, you know, one could think about decentralization and incentive system uh, as, as Bitcoin had proposed. So, uh, yeah, I thought it was a very elegant um, white paper, uh, interesting idea. I was, you know, following following Bitcoin, and surprise, you know, it was surprising to see the the, the jumps in prices. You know, uh, um, so it was it was really kind of looking at it on the cursory level. I think sometimes when you're not in this space, if you're in like the traditional capital market space, then because you don't have day to day exposure. Um, I think a lot of people, and I think a lot of people that are still in my old circles, just write it off as as a fad or as a um, as a hobbyist type of economy. And uh, I am probably one of those as well. Even though I was fascinated with Bitcoin, you know, the the, the thought of trading it or buying it as an investment, I think uh, it, it 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 didn't really occur to me till much later. Sure. Um, 
And, uh, you know, we started looking at blockchain technology in, in, you know, in the environments that I was in, uh, because obviously, uh, as a technology, it, it, it really started to get a lot of traction uh, amongst banks um, uh, and, and other financial institutions. And, you know, there, there is def- a definite benefit to the blockchain technology in terms of um, reducing operational overhead uh, and making things more efficient. So I think there were a lot of projects uh, and a lot of pilot projects that got started. So I'd say I was kind of really more uh, on the blockchain side of things. And it's only when I left uh, my my last uh, uh, my last job that uh, and and reconnected with my co-founder um, Steve Bricado, uh that we you know really started talking looking into crypto as such and and just how that in and of itself is such a fascinating ecosystem. No, for sure, for sure, for sure. And so you hooked up um, with him and you, I guess, through the conversations, you that's how you came up with this uh, idea around Bitsian? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, at the time we were talking about it, there were, um, you know, I think the, the most common business model in crypto um you know, not you know, on the blockchain side, obviously there's ICOs and tokens, all that stuff was going on. But you know, in, in the in the kind of crypto side, it's it's like an exchange, and you know, you could have spot exchange or a futures exchange or uh, lending markets. And I think we were kind of um, kind of struck by the idea that there are just so many exchanges at this point. And even at that point, there were I don't know 200. I think there's more even now. And um, and we were struck with this, this, you know, I think uh, this it thought that there's a lot of exchanges. There's there's kind of fractured liquidity across these exchanges, and um, really, if one is to navigate and f- and try to figure out where they should, you know, purchase or sell, uh, or where they should kind of custody their tokens, um, it's sometimes it's sometimes kind of uh, overwhelming. And also the fact that, as you mentioned in the introduction. You know, some exchanges, uh, you know, will allow certain type of features. Other others won't, including um, support of fiat currencies. Uh, different exchanges have different coins, sure. and so it just it just kind of makes it a very cumbersome ecosystem for people to get into. So, you know, I think we, while while we do believe that there are, you know, quite a few exchanges that are doing a great job, and I'm sure their customers that are solely on them are, are happy. Uh, but, you know, I think the fact of the matter is it is a fractured ecosystem. And so that's kind of where the uh, the genesis of this idea came forth. And, uh, and you know, we've expanded on it now to um, really add a lot more bells and whistles on our platform. No, awesome, awesome. All right, so I guess... What is the platform? Obviously, it hooks into multiple exchanges, but like, what is it to trade for pricing? All the above, like, what yep. what is the person met with if they were to sign up? So uh, right now, when customers log on, um, we're currently connected to ten markets. So we're connected to Gemini, Coinbase, uh, Binance, Bitrex, Bitstamp, Bitmart. Poloniex, HitBTC, Kraken, and KuCoin. So really the top, you know, these are the top exchanges. And um, the, our, our users will find that they can come on our platform and if they have an account in any one of these exchanges, they can plug in uh, their, their API keys, which they, you know, they get from the exchanges. Sure. And now they can trade across all of them using our platform. 
And we have some interesting ways in which we assist our customers to make better decisions. So, for example, um, you know, we have something called uh, preview uh, uh, pre-trade price. So that means that you can come on our platform and, you know, if you want to do a Litecoin dollar trade or Bitcoin dollar trade or ETH Bitcoin trade, whatever pair it is that you want to trade, we show you in a preview format what the price of your doing your trade will be on all the markets that you have access to. So wow. you can kind of decide before you hit the buy button where you're going to do that trade. Again, this comes back to the fact that not all exchanges are the same. Liquidity is different. Uh, prices are different. Uh, in some cases, it, there are ARB opportunities, um, which you know I think our, our initial beta customers have found very interesting because they can very quickly just glance, um, you know, an ARB opportunity. Uh, between exchanges like right there that they could take advantage of if if they have the funds on both markets that's super interesting because obviously you're from you know you're from hong kong and when crypto a few years ago you know crypto was a little bit earlier there was a a huge arbitrage trade that people were doing between hong kong and mainland china Mm -hmm. as far as uh buying the bitcoin prices between that and then there's a you know difference between uh the korean market and the various markets around it too um yeah absolutely yeah, the the I, I don't know if this is this is kosher to say. There were the uh, what was the phrase that the, was used? Kimchi premium. Kimchi tax. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's kosher either. Um, uh, apologies if it's not. Uh, I know, I know. Apologies. <laughs> I love kimchi though. That's like one of I, my. I favorite love kimchi things. as well, and I've I have a lot of um, uh, Korean friends in the uh, in the blockchain community, and I've heard them say yeah. it. But that being said, you know. Uh, uh, apologies, nonetheless, if if it offends anybody. But um, I guess to that end, or is your platform only used by Americans? Is it is it uh, available globally? It's available globally. Our beta customers um, are uh, all over uh, U.S. Uh, we have some in Europe, uh, Australia. Um, Asia. So, you know, because we're a currently the way we're set up, we're a tech platform. And so all we're doing is we're facilitating existing existing crypto traders to come into our platform and leverage our algorithms to help them seek out best price. So other than um, doing what I just said, which is, you know, we show you the preview price. We have our own algos that help you decide um uh, you know, where to split your order. So for example, if you're doing a, a larger order, like you're buying more than, you know, like half a Bitcoin or, or one Bitcoin, if you're, if you're buying something relatively large, chances are that the best price you can get is actually spread across those exchanges, Right. you know, not done all on one exchange. So we, we, uh, we have an algo that we call ice scraper. And essentially what that does is it, it scrapes the top of a book across multiple markets and tries to get you the best average price and then when you if you like that price and you hit buy it we will manage that by basically creating a bunch of child orders for you that go to those exchanges so you can get like really on average a much better price got it got it got it that's super super impressive is that something um so the way i I see it it seems like this is a product that's aimed at retail traders but that also seems like something that professional traders and hedge funds would be interested in too is that also a market for you too absolutely i think uh uh you know our platform has a very institutional feel to it at least you know that's what a lot of our customers are telling us um and you know i think you know we are from that space but we are we're not trying to different i think like the way our our philosophy is we're not really trying to differentiate 
between our customers. We're just trying to put out the best tools that helps them navigate these markets best. So there are, you know, we have charting, we have like an order book. And, you know, most of the times people that come on our platform, uh, their first instinct is, oh, is this an exchange? Like, you know, that's usually what people immediately think. And then we, you know, then once they start looking at all the features, uh, it, it's clear that it's not, it's it's more than an exchange. Um, but we, you know, I think that, uh, like I said, we're, we're very keen on lowering the barrier of entry um, into the space. And so uh, our, uh, as our next iteration, we, we are going to create uh, more retail friendly skins. Although, you know, we do have retail customers now. What we're trying to do is we're trying to simplify the experience so people are less intimidated by all these numbers flashing and they can, but they can still make good decisions and get their trades executed at best price. So that's going to be our next iteration um, in terms of, again, look and feel, but behind the scenes and also just in terms of pricing, uh, if a retail customer uses our retail app uh, to buy Bitcoin, they're going to get the same price that our, you know, our professional trader, quote unquote, uses on like our, our current platform. Got it. Got it. No. Yeah, I think, you know, this this space is different in the sense that retail has come before the uh, institutions. And so, Absolutely. yeah, so you even a lot of people that are on the institutional side probably in, got introduced to trading crypto um, by doing it on, on the personal side. So I could definitely see how you were able to, you know, you're basically making sure that you have the same experience for both, even if it's, you know, different UI um, to make it more beginner friendly. Um, exactly, exactly. We don't, you know, I think some of the some of the professional trading tools are just too intimidating looking. And, um, you know, I think we, we, we want more people to understand. And uh, also, it's not fair that uh, that some, some of these professional tools end up getting you better prices, but then there's no access to retail investors or they, they, they don't they don't they can't pass the bar of that understanding and then have to pay for pay for it by basically getting more expensive prices on, on tools that are simpler looking, but then they're not really um, giving them the best price execution. Right, right. Interesting. Um, so, you know, obviously on the on the tech side, you're integrating APIs um, <clears throat> that come from the different exchanges. And right. like uh, in my experience, I've worked, you know, with companies uh, for a while that have, you know, worked with a lot of crypto exchange APIs. And they're like they're known for just like <laughs> changing the APIs whenever they feel like it, you know, like for instance, Kraken did that a few weeks ago and now it's, you know, that, that affected a lot of people that were trying to calculate their taxes. So like, how do you, how do you, how do you deal with that? Is it, you know, is it something just kind of like you just watching, you know, you, do you have, I guess, is that a challenge or, and, and, and um, how's your team kind of been working around that? Yeah. I, was, I yeah. mean, yeah, absolutely. I think the the um, the methodology of connecting and maintaining those connections and optimizing those connections that's definitely part of um, our value proposition, right? Um, so, I mean, if it was easy, then I think you know what are we here for? I guess so. This that's definitely part of the uh, a big part of our development um, effort. And um, you know, I I have to say that a lot the the, the exchanges that we've picked, we've really taken. Um, time to evaluate uh, which exchanges have more stable APIs and also have more t like more uh, like good support. 
so that, you know, when we do have issues, we can call somebody and and have a discussion. So um, I think, you know, the security of those exchanges uh, and in general, the the level of support and and technology infrastructure that they have has been a um, a selection factor in in who who we connect to. And, you know, so far the exchanges have been really good, I have to say. The ones that were connected to uh, in terms of being responsive to us um, I think they view us as a uh, as a you know a distribution arm right because we're, we're routing orders we're routing traffic to um, or flow to their exchanges so so far we've not come in, into any any issues where um, you know issues happen but like they get they get resolved relatively quickly uh, and you know I think in terms of the technologies most of the exchanges are you know either using like a RESTful API, some have WebSockets, others are migrating. And yes, you're right, there are changes. All of them have their nuances. Um, they all interact in, in different ways. Some will have APIs for um, for everything. Some will have certain APIs. Uh, they're all structured differently. So that's definitely been a big part of our, our development effort. Excellent, excellent. No, it makes sense. It makes sense. I think, yeah, like you said, if it was easy, everybody would do it, and people would even try to do it themselves. And 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 it's not easy. Um, and I'm sure you're able to. No, run. it's between. Yeah, absolutely. Between the connections and market data, they all have different tick value. I mean, it's it 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 gets pretty uh, nitty gritty. You know, it, it definitely requires a lot of detail orientedness, uh, which you know, thankfully, uh, our team's been doing a great job at that. Um, but the, yeah, there's a lot a lot of nuances between one market and another. Sure, sure. So I mean, obviously, you know, I think I've you know just being somebody that's in the space, I've seen other you know, companies that have kind of said they're trying to solve the same challenge. Um, not all of them, you know, are at the same stage. Um, and, you know, obviously there's probably room for multiple, but I guess what would you say is what what separates Bitsian versus uh, a lot of the other potential tools that people might be looking at? Yeah, I think uh, definitely our preview pricing um, is, is huge. And I think the feedback we've gotten from our beta customers is they really like the transparency on our platform. We don't add any spreads. So the prices, which the prices you see are the prices we get. It's not, you know, it's not, it's not, there's no spread added on top of it, which is, I think, um, you know, some of the competitors that you, uh, you, you might be uh, talking about, um, you know, have spreads added to their trade or they charge an additional transaction fee. So that's not our business model. Uh, we have a subscription fee, uh, which goes up based on the value you're getting from our trade. So if you trade a lot, there's a higher subscription fee. If you're trading, you know, small amounts and just testing it out. We even have a free tier, so I think that's one of the one of the differentiators. The other thing that we do that um, I I you know I have not seen yet is we support um, synthetic pairs, oh, wow. and um, basically uh, the ten markets that we connect to, we can support uh, any coin to any coin pair. So um, I guess you know I'll throw it back to you, Fritz. Like, what's what's one of your I don't know favorite tokens that you're following? Uh, right now is, is Binance, BNB. BNB, uh, okay. Yeah. And, um, you know, like, I, I, let's say, I don't know, IOST or something. But, okay, Binance, maybe for this example, that's not good because Binance lists everything in Binance. So let's say if you have IOST and you have, like, EOS. Okay. Um, right? And there's really no no exchange that lists IOST EOS. Sure. Um, but you can come on our platform and, and, you know, type in IOST EOS and we will synthetically create a price for you based off of uh, the exchanges we connect to. So as I'm talking to you, I'm just like, 
typing it up and then you could you could do this for example at binance and it would become like a iost btc and btc um wow. uh, uh, you know eos pair so you from a customer perspective you would just do one trade and we would uh we would synthetically create that uh the the, the legs required to facilitate that one trade um, and and you know so you could do that all in one trade. So this this basically allows our platform to not just be an aggregator. We're we're almost um, creating liquidity for some of the smaller tokens that just don't really exist in a clean way. Um, so I think that's one of our big differentiators. No, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean the ability to trade, um, you know, between pairs is very. It's very very important, you know, especially since that since uh, a lot of uh, you know there are a lot of especially smaller tokens that are not covered by the the big pair. So um, yeah, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Awesome. Well, you know, I think that's that's a super cool project. But other than you know, obviously, you know, Bitsyn is your favorite project. That is that is your <laughs> baby. Um, but you know, within the because you also mentioned when you started getting into it, you you're more of a blockchain, not even not just a crypto person. Um, when you first learned about the, I guess, yeah, sector. I have to say, I have to say, now I'm so busy with Bitsian. It's been like, you know, it's it's we're like basically blinders on sure. working like this day and night. But yes, yes. No, yeah, I was going to ask maybe if there's any other. I mean, obviously you're super busy, but are there any other projects that you heard of, um, even if they're older projects um, that you think are pretty cool? Yeah, I mean, I tend to like projects that uh, I feel resonate with me personally. Again, not in not investment advice. Please yes. don't take any of this as investment advice. Yes. Um, but you know, I think I think the 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 way we all win in this ecosystem is to get uh, more um, uh, more usability. So the more projects that are there that are being used in in you know um, in earnest and that are building things to actually solve real problems. Um, I personally gravitate more towards projects like this. I mean, I guess, you know, a couple that come to mind, like Cosmos, for example, I think they're doing something really cool awesome. uh, with the interoperability. I mean, you know, even Binance is using them right now, right, for their um, for their launch pad. Um, Decred's always an interesting one. Um, you know, my, my partner actually works in, uh, in uh, voting rights stuff. So I, wow. I'm always trying to convince him to, um, you know, look at blockchain and and see what the, you know what, how that can be adopted for uh, for more and more equal rights for for voting and like uh, some, you know getting getting rid of voter suppression and stuff like that. Um, so Decred's been interesting in, in kind of how they've decentralized um, voting and how how that building out that incentive system. So that's interesting. Um, Coda is really interesting. Um, you know the they they've kind of built this. Uh, uh, the blockchain with that can work from phones, wow. which is really cool, right? Like, cause uh, I think they can run on like twenty kil like kilobytes of information versus like do you? I think like twenty terabytes that you might need on on um, on you know some of the other chains. So that's an interesting project, right? Like if that worked, how awesome would that be? Yeah, especially uh, for emerging markets. Exactly. And then uh, Augur. Augur is always fun. I think that's just a fun one, right? Like the prediction markets. And, you know, when, when I had more free time, I would look at kind of all, all the stuff people are doing on it. And, and that I thought was uh, interesting. So those, those are a couple good ones, I think, that uh, I've, I've been following just on a personal level. Uh, but again, not investment advice. Please don't 
take any of this no no not advice and advice at all do your own research um yes, these are just yes. cool things that these are just cool things that i i i hope as a blockchain geek i'll work out you know that's right that's right awesome well listen you know for those who are listening we are recording this at you know, 5 p.m. Um, on a Thursday uh, on the East Coast. And so, you know, uh, Recky is a very uh, busy CEO and we're ending the business day. So I don't want to keep her keep her for too much longer, even though obviously we could keep this conversation going forever. Uh, Recky, thank you for your time. But if so, people wanted to follow you and follow Bitsy in, in more detail, where should they go? Yeah, please go to uh, Bitsian.io, uh, sign up to our um, our wait list, um, and also follow us on Twitter. We're at GoBitsian. Um, yeah, and please, you know, leave us comments and follow our newsletter. We're, we're always very interested to get feedback from from users and from traders. Um, uh, you know, we're looking forward to being live soon. Awesome, awesome. We're going to link that to the show notes. And Raki, thank you again, and best of luck to the Bitsian team. And we'll definitely be following the project and and, and, and and look forward to testing it out. Thank you, Fritz. Have a great one. And it's a wrap for this episode of Coin Gamma Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Please share it out with members of your network, friends, family, associates. And most importantly, please leave a review on your podcast listening platform whether it's itunes soundcloud google play spotify you name it that really helps the podcast out it helps us get more exposure and share our content with more people and don't forget we're available to help you out with your blockchain related projects just reach out coingamma.com until next time